0: This is Madeline. And this is Cammie.
1: And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast.
0: Episode number 37.
1: Have you been thinking you should launch an online course, but you haven't done it yet?
0: Mm, I have. Let's talk about how to take action and get it done because I'm determined to get it done. Yes. This week, we're back to our regular schedule, and we've just come off of a really great series of podcasts around the idea of monetizing your presence on different social media platforms using communities. So, I guess in a way, this is sort of an echo of that because one of the ways that you can make money online is to pay, uh, launch paid communities and courses. And I know there's a lot of talk about this out there, Madeline you know, you've done some of your own as well. So we thought that we would just riff on this a little bit, talk to you, because we're sure that a lot of you out in our community are thinking about this. And I have to like a mea culpa here say that I've been meaning to launch a course for at least a year. And I just have not gotten around to it. And I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. So I'm going to have a little talk with Madeline because Madeline doesn't have that problem. She's (laughs) launched Um, a couple of- I just
1: do it. uh, There's more than a tattoo It's a way of life for me.
0: It is for her. And so this is part of what I learned from her in this mastermind that we're in is really how to do this. So we are on the verge of launching a community like that, a course like that, which is actually going to be an in-person course that then will be an online course that hopefully some of you might want to take at some point. And that's all around how to launch a podcast, which we have done over the last year. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about how we're going to do that and also talk about how Madeline already has and just kind of pick your brain. Is that okay, Madeline?
1: Let's do it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: So the first thing really is, I think one of the hardest people want to start something like a course, but they think, what is it should I should be teaching? I mean, you may have something specific in mind, but most of the time we have a general idea. Like I do social media marketing and I do work with clients one-on-one. So I know that a lot of them have questions that if I had an online course, I could send them to people are constantly coming to me and saying things like, do you have a 101 course on Instagram? Or do you know how to find something about live streaming on video? And I have been just referring people to other courses in other places. So the question then becomes, which one of these things should I do? Right? Right.
1: Absolutely. So- because, you know, you're sending them to other places, which is great. Even better, if there's some kind of affiliate or referral program in place, because then it becomes a total win-win. You're helping bring people to them. You get a commission, or in some cases, in lieu of a commission or referral fee, you could provide a discount to the people you refer over, which is always a nice perk. But sometimes you have to kind of step back and think, well, maybe I should have a program like this. Because so many people are coming to me and asking me about it.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, getting to that first piece, which I call discovery, kind of discovering what it is that you're going to bring to the marketplace. It can be confusing. I started with a LinkedIn course that I basically built the whole course and never put it online, for example, as one example. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm really great at this. So that's why I wanted to have this episode. I think it's good for us to talk about these things out loud and just really get over our own whatever it is that's stopping us whether it's time fear confusion i think confusion is what stops me some of the time like which thing should i offer first so one of the things i know and you've done really well is you find a need that your community has and you answer a question that people are consistently asking you about so one of the things that you've done recently is launch this and we've talked about it here already but this online video live streaming course for women. What kind of made you know that? I mean, you were not even talking about a video live streaming course. We've been in a mastermind for a whole year and I never heard you really talk about it until about a month or two ago. And already you have a course out and you have a group and a community Uh moving through that course. So can you just kind of walk us through the process by which you kind of knew that was the idea you were going to go with and why? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I kind of kept it under wraps. It wasn't something I was really actively talking to everybody about because I was really just taking things in. I was really watching, paying attention and listening. And when you're doing that, you don't necessarily want to be like, you know, shouting out to everybody like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because you're not really sure if you're going to do it. Right. So I was just more in this discovery mode. And what I noticed for the past year, Cami, is that When I'm doing my live streams after my Twitter chat, so for both Twitter Smarter and Social ROI, as soon as the chat's over, I host a live stream on Facebook. I do basically a Facebook Live with the guests to continue the conversation. And I was noticing that a bunch of these guests would say to me afterwards, hey, by the way, this is the first time I've done a live stream. Like This was the first. And I was completely blown away. Like, how is it they have not done a Facebook live yet? How is it that they have not embraced live streaming? These were mostly marketers, you know, top social media people, and it was very surprising. So I kept noticing this trend and I thought to myself, maybe I should start a program helping these people so that they can get over whatever it is that's holding them back. For many times is the confidence is the fear. A lot of people are nervous about going on video and these were primarily women. So I thought why don't I focus on a program for women helping them get over these fears. For some it was a the technology they didn't understand how like they could do video. They had the personality, they're public speakers, but they don't know where to start. They don't know, you know, where should they be doing this? What apps or tools they need. So I decided really just several months ago I'm going to launch a program and I move quickly. So that's where I know like you plan stuff out. I move very quickly. And I'll tell you a big reason why you didn't hear me talk about it prior to starting it is that I decided so quickly to launch it because, Kimmy, what I was doing was I was thinking, okay, I got to do this. Like I'm going to be the one to teach this program. No one else is doing anything like it. I'll do it. But I was asking people like doing one-on-one conversations and this momentum out of that was building up. Like I would say, I would I was actually like some someone, a Facebook messenger, like just a private message. And, and it would be like a paragraph long of, hey, here's an idea I have, and I want to see what you think about it. And I would just basically say, here are my thoughts. Here's what I'd like to do. Would you be interested in a program if I offered it? And so many people gave me a resounding yes. Like, oh my God, yes, I would love to take a program like this. If you offer it, I'll do it. So after getting... Multiple people saying this. I'm like, okay, I got to do it and I got to do it now. Strike while the iron's hot. Right. So I basically put together a whole program in like a few weeks. Right. I just started it. I didn't even know what to call it. It came. I didn't know what to call it at first. Like I I basically was starting it with no name and then it came to me. Let's call it video like a rock star because the names I come up with for my programs or my Twitter chats or the things that I do in my 22 year history of being an entrepreneur, I like for the name to really say what it is and that people are not confused by it. So video like a rock star, I think it's pretty cool. And I think you have an idea of what you're going to learn.
0: Yeah, I think it was really clear. And I know that people got very excited about it. And they just started joining like crazy. And you had a really good low initial entry price. You also had Thinkific, the tool that you used to, Uh to, to teach on already set up. So, I mean, I think once you have that set up, it's faster to iterate on those platforms. Once you have your platform kind of there, you're like, oh yeah, I have this and you can just open it up and get started. Because I think there's that initial thing too, like which platform should I use? Where should I go? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And see, I already have like all these courses I've been teaching through the Thinkific platform. And so because I've been using it, I know how to put something together very quickly in there. So that's exactly what I did. I came up with video like a rock star. I came up with, you know, I just was writing out, you know, modules and assignments and all these different things I wanted to incorporate. And then I went and created it in Thinkific. And it it really came to life in just a matter of days by, by just, you know, in a draft mode, of course, but just putting it all together. So if you're already using a platform like Thinkific, Teachable, gosh, there's so many, and I know we've covered these in the past then you're already halfway there because that's where you go and you build this entire thing. Now, if you are starting brand new, you've never done a program, you've never done a course, the first step is figuring out the platform you're going to host it on and learning how to use it. You know, these things can take time. They're not always easy to use. You got to allow time to learn it.
0: Yeah, no, but Thinkific is pretty straightforward. I mean, we like it for that reason. What's nice about Thinkific too is you can take your payments there too which is yep. kind of simplifies it. You don't have to have a shopping cart. You can just go make it start going. But one of the things I think is interesting is that this course doesn't have to be the last and biggest and most amazing course you've ever offered. Although it could turn out to be your signature course in the future. Sure. You have put up a lot of courses on Thinkific that are just, you know, Twitter smarter, do this, do that. So I would say getting started, if you have one seed of a good idea and you have a few people that are like, yes, that sounds really cool. One of the couple of things, there's a couple of hints I have around that for ideas on that. If you don't have a community that's already built up, I know that both Matt, you'll say, oh, Madeline and Cammie, you guys have communities that you can ask these questions and people talk to you. And you're right. But it took us a long time to get here. So do remember that everybody starts with one foot in front of each other. But to find out what people are talking about, you can just join a group like ours, for example. You can come into our group and just start talking there about your ideas and see what other people have to say about it. Quora is a really great place. I did it the other day. I went on Quora and I just typed in online communities because I was just trying to think of ideas for um, content for our podcast. And it was great to hear the questions people were asking, like, how do you build an online community on Facebook, on Instagram, on this? You know, they had very specific questions. And I thought, wow, there's some stuff here that we could do as a podcast episode. So it's a great place to find content by just going to Quora and typing in your keyword, if you will for what you're interested in teaching about and see what people are asking about it. Another idea that I had was to read what people are complaining about or talking about in groups that you're in, you know, the people will come in and ask a question. And if they're like in a marketing community, or if you're in a yoga community, or if you're in a fitness or health or wellness, or whatever the community is that you're in sports, people will come in and they will ask questions. And you could keep track of some of these questions that people are asking and also some of the answers that people give them. What are the things that seem to resonate? You could take that and turn it into a course if you have that expertise. So that's a couple of them. Also asking a, a poll or a question on Facebook or Twitter. You've done that a lot too, I right? I do that
1: a lot. Actually, I just did one the other day to my my private Facebook group asking them. I, I did like a whole list of different courses that I'm working on putting together. And I asked them. Which ones are they interested in? And this can help determine in what order I put them out. Because, hey, if everybody says, you know, class A, and I'm thinking, but class B sounds more exciting, listen, it's really up to the community. It really shouldn't be up to me because we always think we know what's best, but our community will definitely help us and guide us. So I am very big on running polls both on Facebook and Twitter.
0: And since all of you guys are going to be running a community of some sort out there, this is a very pro tip. So that's discovery. So once you figure out kind of generally what people are excited about, you're going to start to want to put together your idea quickly. And I am going to say that Madeline and I are working right now on a podcasting course. And we came up with a name for it. And I'm not gonna well, I can tell you it's called podcasting in a weekend. And we're going to help you put together a podcast episode and get started and launch your podcast in one weekend here in Houston, we're going to start it as a live Event where we actually sit down with people and face to face work with them. It probably will not continue to be a live event. It'll probably move to an online format ultimately. But that first time, we're going to be working with you directly, like one on one. So if that's something that's interesting to you, let us know because we're definitely going to be launching this. We have a date for it and everything coming up in May. So, you know, reach out to us. But the point is, is that you want to get that idea up quickly, just like you said about what you did for video like a rock star, Uh um, live stream like a rock star, is that you want to have this content to be there. And we did that the other day, we sat down over a lunch, and we totally put together the outline of this course in no time. So we're going to write all that down, validate it a little bit with people out there. So is that how I mean, really beta testing and validating and validating means putting it out there for people to buy. If people buy your course, even at a lower price point, you're validating that it's an idea that people would actually pay for. Not saying, "Hey, guys, do you like this idea?" I mean, that's one thing. But if really what validates an idea is if people put their money on it, don't you agree uh, with that?
1: Absolutely. So when I, going back to when I was having these one-on-one conversations with people about video like a rock star, and having people say, "Yes, yes, I'm interested, I'm interested," that's one thing. But then to turn around and say, "Okay," Here's a link and it's $35. That's a whole nother thing. It's very easy for someone to say, Yeah, sure, I'm interested, but then are they going to pay for it? And not everybody will. So you're going to truly validate it when you charge a fee, you get the link for them to go sign up and then step back and see what happens next. Now, when I did this for my video, like a rock star, I was estimating maybe I would get eight people, 10 people tops. I was only charging $35, a low fee, just to validate the idea, to see if, okay, people really do want this. Is going beyond that one-on-one conversation, getting people interested. Now we're putting it out to the masses. I promoted it on Facebook and Twitter. I did some Facebook ads. I did some Twitter ads. And uh very quickly, I got 32 people that signed up. So I far exceeded my expectation. Now, I had some people say, I signed up because you're doing this, Madeline, and I know that is going to be good because you're the one behind it. I had some people say, the dollar amount was great. I knew, I, I want to learn how to live stream, and I just could not pass this up at this price point. So I had a variety of reasons people were telling me, but then end of the day, I quickly validated this idea because to get 32 people signed up, even though it was a low cost, that spoke volumes, so I was and it very was three excited. Weeks, right?
0: Was it two weeks or three weeks long? So
1: here's something that was really interesting, and again, going back to letting your community, in this case, the students, dictate. The thirty-five dollars was, and to validate this was, when I'm doing this program, I'm gonna, in exchange for the low cost, I want them to provide me lots of feedback, and doing the feedback as we go, not just hey, I want a testimonial at the end, a glowing testimonial. I want feedback as we go. So initially I set the program to be two weeks. I thought two weeks would be plenty of time. I had daily assignments in place. So I, and, and weekly group sessions, like live group sessions. So after week one, the entire group of students said, Madeline, we really feel like we're just getting going after week one. There's no way this can end after this next week. Can we make it a three week program? And I, no. For some people, they're gonna be like, "No, I think you should be flexible. If this is like your very first, your beta taste," <laughs> so hard to say this sometimes. Beta testing, yeah. Beta beta testing. When you are doing, that's why I called mine a pilot program. It's easier to say when you're doing your pilot program. I feel like you should be very flexible and listen to your students. And when most of them are saying, "Hey, we need more time." then try to have that flexibility. Now, of course, you're dealing with schedules and maybe that can't work for you. But when you're actually starting this out, maybe look at your schedule and pad in some extra time because you may realize the amount of time you think you should do this is not enough. So I estimated two weeks, I was wrong. And even three weeks didn't really seem like enough. But you know, you wanna listen because that's the whole point in this early stage is you got them interested, but you got to do a lot of listening.
0: Right. And during this time, I actually have another step. So that was beta testing and validating your pilot program. See, I use both there. Do you like that? I love it. I love it. And then you build as you go. So you talked about people wanting to continue. Uh And did you have all of your materials and stuff ready to go from the second you started? Or did you build them like, you know, as you went through the week, two week program?
1: Now, because this was brand new, and I, as you said, I didn't even talk about this prior to launching this with anyone. So no, actually, I knew what I wanted to do. I had it all outlined out. I mean, I've got like pages, handwritten pages of the assignments and like what the order should be and just like, so I had it all together. But basically what I did is I put it together as I went into the Think platform But I also did this so that I could still take lots of feedback and let that help me put the right content in. And I knew that this was going to, you know, whenever you're launching something like this, it's going to be a lot of work on the front end. Okay. You're going to put a lot of effort into this as you build it. The beauty is if this is a program you're going to continue to do in the future, you've done all the hard work up front. So I knew as I was building this, I was putting a lot of time in. I was creating videos every day, these assignment videos. It was a lot of work. And I feel like it's really paid off because I'm still talking to people today, you know, months later that are interested in the program. I'm running my second version of the program right now as, as we speak. So a lot of that hard initial work has already been done, which makes it easier for the future students when you continue running this. But so yeah, so I was basically building it as a web, but I already had the clear vision. I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like, oh, what should tomorrow's program, what what should be on the plate for tomorrow for my students? It wasn't anything like that. And I think you're going to be having a lot of challenges if you go that route. You really need to know exactly what you're doing and at least have it on paper, be paper Yeah, ready. or
0: have a plan, right? And so... Interestingly, you said you expanded it by a week and now you're running a new program. So explain to me, like, did they pay, like, did you do all of the stuff on Facebook? Because I know you did it through a Facebook group that first time and you do have a Facebook uh-huh. group for this. Except a Facebook group. And then you moved it over to Thinkific or what was, how did exactly did So here's did you do
1: how that? I did it. And it's a little different. So when I came up with the idea, my thought was it would be two components I'm a big fan of mastermind. Ever since I read Jack Canfield's book like 12 years ago called The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. It's one of the best business books you'll ever read. It was career changing for me. And he talked about masterminds in there and major light bulb went off. I started running masterminds from that point on, Like I started running them like 10 or 11 years ago. So I felt like this had to be part mastermind, but it also needed to be training. I needed to teach people how to do videos. There's so many different ways to do videos and there's regular video and there's live streaming. I'm focusing more on the live streaming because I feel like that's what people really want to know. They want to learn, but I felt like Thinkific would be great for housing all the videos, all the training. I'm also interviewing marketing and social media experts that are doing great with video. So I've got all these interviews. I've got so much content, Cami. So Thinkific is great for that. However, people love Facebook groups and they love to have a place where they can be in there with their community. So that's the other students and be able to get all the content in there. So while I have everything on the Thinkific site, most of my students tell me they don't ever go to Thinkific because, and that's my doing because every day there's a challenge, there's a daily challenge. I put the whole thing into a Facebook post in the group. So there's going to be the video for the day. There's going to be all the content that goes with the video. I do it as a Facebook post. Initially, I thought, well, I could say, here's today's challenge. Click here to go over to the website and do it there. But people like to stay in Facebook. Like There's been a lot of research on this. And just from my experience, I like to keep them where they're comfortable. So I do three things. Think Thinkific. I do an email every day. They get a daily email and the email will link to Think Thinkific, but it has all the content in there. But everybody says they just prefer Facebook. And this has been for both versions of the course. I call my first one, the, the beta one, 1.0. My new one, I call them the 2.0 group. And uh, Facebook is where they love to be.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, that's really the build as you go too. Because You've got your second group in. And of course, they paid more. So you have a higher price yes. point, right? The second time around, you list See, so you were 35 the first time. What did you do the second time?
1: 149. And this was interesting. So I pulled the first group a weekend. I said, OK, everybody, I did a Facebook poll. And I said, OK, one weekend, knowing everything you know now, what would you pay for this course? And I did 99, 75, the 35 that they already paid just different price points. I didn't want to go too high. I just wanted to see what, would, what was their initial thought. They all said 99. They're all like, oh, pfft, yeah, no brainer. I would pay 99 for this. But this was only one weekend. When I was done with the three-week program, I did the poll again. I said, okay, now after taking the entire program, what do you think I should charge for this for the next group of students? And I had 199, 149, 99, and then 35, because that's what they paid. One lady said $199. She was like, oh, I would totally charge $199 for this. I think that's that's a great amount for this program. Most people said $149. A few said $99. Going into this, my number I set for myself was $99. But after hearing what everybody was saying, I thought, okay, I would feel comfortable doing $149. That's what most people said. And that says a lot. Asking your community to tell you how much you should charge. I don't think very many people do this. I never hear any colleagues tell me they do this. I like I've to be different. It, no. I like yeah. to be different. And, you know, it just goes back to what we are saying before, listening to your community and them helping you as to what your program should be that you offer. Well, let them kind of help you with a dollar. Now, the thing is, if they haven't taken the program and you threw out dollar amounts, they're going to give you the lowest because they want to pay the lowest. But asking them as they're taking it or after they take it if they love you and they love the content, they're going to be very honest with you. And they're, even though it'd be like, gosh, I don't want to pay 149 because that's a lot of money. Actually, I had one of my students say, Madeline, this was amazing. She goes, Madeline, I'm okay with the 149 And I think that's a good amount you should charge. But just honestly, I would not pay that because I couldn't afford that. But I think that's the right price to charge. I was like, whoa, how amazing yeah, I is mean- that?
0: Well, and of course, they're not going to have to pay that because they're in the group now and they got right. in at that ground floor. So actually, it's a good time to ask them right after they take the course, because they're not going to pay it. So they know what the value they're going to tell you. Exactly. more the value. Is. I love that you did it at the beginning and the end, too, and how it changed over time. That was interesting. So how many people signed up for the second round?
1: So for the second round, I didn't get nearly as many because because of the price point being higher. And I knew that going in, my hope was eight ish maybe 10 tops, and I got eight. And that is not bad considering. But here's the thing. I learn lessons as I go. And I try to make them all teachable lessons. The lesson in this second version is that I did not allow myself enough time to market. I turned it around way too fast. And maybe my thought was, oh, I got 32 people first time around, even though I know it was a lower price point. And going with a higher price point, you got to know you're not going to get you know, a large volume, unless you just slowly grow and build it over time. I know that over time, this thing is going to build and I'm going to already have kind of figured out my whole strategy and I got to put funnels into it. I know we're Mm -hmm. going to be talking about funnels uh, a little bit more in our uh, future podcast episodes, but you know, you've got to have a strategy and there are times where I just run in guns blaring, you know, you know how people guns blazing is, however it is you say that without always stepping back and really thinking of the strategy. I know you and I can be quite a bit opposite when it comes to some of these things.
0: <laughs> and so Which, together, I'm hoping we got the right stuff. But, oh, you we know, we do. We, we do. There, we so. do. But
1: sometimes I say like, well, "What we can we do, you know, and, and like, <laughs> I know I need to slow down a little bit. And but also for me, I'm not the kind of person where it's like, oh, I got to have a whole bunch of people signed up for me to feel like this is worthwhile and to well, feel like. Well, and the truth know. is,
0: I mean, it would be good if you had more, but sure, you made about the same amount of money on exactly. both classes, and you have fewer students now, and you have you're going to be able to service them a little bit more carefully. Easier to manage. So, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, you know, you can look at it a bunch of different ways, and and sure, we're, we're really sharing this, guys. By the way, we're not sharing huge numbers with you. We're not sharing our twenty thousand dollar launch with you here because we're trying to be really realistic here, because this is what life is about. You know, your $20,000 launchers, they started with this kind of stuff. And this is what they started, but they didn't share any of that with you. Because, you know, they don't want you to know that at one time, they didn't make a $20,000 launch. So we're going to get there. And hopefully, you guys are going to grow along with us. So I hope you guys find this useful. So building as you go is really important. And that is what you're doing right now and then repeat and improve. And that's really where the secret sauce is, right? Is that you're learning lessons as you go along. You just were kind of talking about that. So I wanted to put a point on that about repeating and improving.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I knew right away with the 1.0, the beta group that this is something I could repeat. This is something where, okay, how about in two months I launch the next group and then maybe I'll just do it every two months. like I. I'm trying to figure out how often works not too often and works with my schedule, but that I want to keep improving it. I have lots of ideas of what I can do to make it better, more strategies for marketing it. You know, the interesting thing is that most of the students that have been coming in for both groups have been people that know me or friends of friends. And that's because I haven't yet invested in a whole funnel system of, okay, let me do Facebook ads and target a very specific group and they're not going to know me. So then I got to go do some webinars and I've got to come up with a lead magnet and different things to draw them in. And then once they're in, they'll see the value of the service I provide and they'll be more inclined to sign up for the program. So there's a lot to it. There's a lot of parts. And I think if your mentality is, let me learn as I do this, you know, you'll do really well with it. So, and one thing I want to mention too, Cami, is that I didn't really think, you know, again, going back to, I was doing this quickly and not really thinking too far ahead. I didn't think far ahead enough with the first group that, hey, what about after three weeks are up? Maybe some of them want to continue. And so I had a whole big group, about half of them said, uh, Madeline, can we keep going? Let's keep this going. Like, we'll pay you. Like, we want to keep going. So I'm actually calling that the advanced group. So when the group is done, now we have the advanced group where we're going to continue training. And then when the second group is done, they'll have the option to join the advanced group. And I'm just charging a monthly fee. And this was going back to asking the community, how would they like to do this? I felt like a monthly ongoing fee would be the best way. They all agreed. They helped me come up with a dollar amount that they are going to pay. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Like, you know, be very open minded to how you can grow this and just listen to these students. They will help you.
0: Right. And that's great. And so you're going to have like monthly things that you create for that group too, right? So that kind of keep moving them forward.
1: So the beauty of this, I guess, really kind of the moral of this whole thing is when you have an idea for a program and maybe something similar to what I'm doing, you could actually come up with something that will be very sustaining, but you got to look at the big picture. Like, sure, I got a bunch of people to sign up initially, but it was a low cost. So it wasn't like I was raking in the money, but I'm not looking at like, oh, how much money am I going to make? Initially, it's I want to build the most awesome program. And if I build the most awesome program and I keep this thing going and I keep adding to it and making it better and better and better, then it becomes this program where I get a dollar amount for every person that signs up. And if they continue on after the program is up, then I'm going to get a monthly fee from them. So I'm telling you right now, Cami, six months to a year, especially like a year from now, this program is going to be doing very well and generating great income. So you've got to look at the long the long game in this, the big picture for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: And, and what's sustainable too? I mean, that is so important is what's sustainable. So we'll definitely have a talk about this in a year and just yeah. see where we're at because this will be really cool. So mark that on your calendar. And you know that we can't leave without a call to action, right?
1: We love our action takers. So just shout out to all of our action takers out there. You know who you are. We love yes, you. We and so we got to have a call to action with this episode, just like all the others.
0: Right. So our call to action for this episode is to go to our Facebook group. If you haven't joined it yet, please join it. We had a couple of people join this last month or so and just shout out and say, you know, hey, I finally got off of my uh, computer and jumped into the group. I'm really excited to have them there and all of you to, to come as well. But go to our Facebook group and tell us what ideas you have for your own paid communities and courses. And we're going to start a dialogue with you about your topic. You can get feedback from the group. So if you're looking for a place to like refine your idea, the group is a great place to start. It's not super huge right now. Nobody's going to steal your ideas. Come in. Let's work together on like getting all of us off of square one to that next place. Cause we really do want you to take action. We want you to be successful, right? That's right. So thank you so much for joining us this week. That's all we have for you. It's a lot to chew on though. So Think about it, and we will talk to you in the next couple of episodes about some other things that might go along with that, some funnel building and some other things. So keep tuned, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at CommunitiesThatConvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at Kami Chat and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: listening to the communities that convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cammy Hoiza where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans stay in touch with Madeline and Cammy through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com